0: what's up everyone kevin allen here from dfs army and this is the bold call fantasy football podcast where we are talking running backs and we're taking a look at our top 10 running backs for the 2022 fantasy season let's do this All right, I'm back with Flex Shane to break down the top 10 running backs for the 2022 fantasy football season. Remember, if you like this content too, subscribe to the channel for more great, bold, call fantasy football uh, podcasts. We're taking a look at our top twelve, uh, top 10 running backs. And I'm just going to start right at the top, Shane. The easiest is number one overall. Jonathan Taylor is the consensus number one. Running back this season, he's got workhorse production, he's on a team. He's got exactly the formula for success at running back. The team plays great defense. The team wants to run the football. The team is a conservative team. So they're keeping the scores close. They're they're playing great defense. They run the football. And Jonathan Taylor, talent-wise, there's no one better at the position right now. Breaking tackles, long runs, he does it all. Jonathan Taylor, number one overall. Easy pick
1: that's an easy pick and people are worried about his his role in the passing game. He's still averages about 3 targets per game, which isn't fantastic, but you know, it, it helps. If he gets one or, if he catches one or two of those, it you know, gets five, ten yards, maybe gets in the in the box. Like those will help move the needle. And listen, JT is as safe as it gets. Here's the thing. If you have the 101, even if you don't agree that Jonathan Taylor is the 101, take him at 101 I'm going to make
0: a counterpoint to that. Okay. My counterpoint to it is if I I believe that actually Cooper cup is the number one overall player in fantasy football this season. Therefore I'm going to issue permission right here on the bowl call. Okay. I'm going to give permission because it feels uncomfortable to do this, but I've come around. You have number one, 1.1 overall. You have my permission to take Cooper cup over Jonathan Taylor. But that said, don't take a different running back over Taylor. He is the number one running back on the board this year. But, again, bold call permission to take Cooper Cup. Number two on the board. This is the bold call. I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing. Number two on the board for me and for Shane. Looks like we agree on number two. Christian McCaffrey. Now, Shane, Christian McCaffrey, a little scarier than Jonathan Taylor because he's been hurt the better part of the last two seasons. And he Mm -hmm. has destroyed your, your chances of winning your leagues. When you've drafted him, there's hatred in my heart for a player that destroys my chances two (laughs) seasons in a row. You did it once. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. What do we do when you fool me three times? Quit.
1: You just quit. That's it. You you pack up your bags. You go home. You cry yourself to sleep. Maybe have a cold shower. Listen, I for the entire offseason so far, I've had Christian McCaffrey as my, my RB three or four. But when push comes to shove and I'm on the clock and I'm staring at, I'm probably taking JT one. I'm likely going to go either Cooper cup, Justin Jefferson at two, three, and then I'm I'm staring at the clock. I have a hard time not getting Christian McCaffrey. He just, his massive upside is just too prolific. It's weak winning. I get that. He could mess up your team. So there's that, there's that worry, but man, he's healthy right now as right now he's healthy and that's what matters.
0: Yeah. We can't predict injuries. Um, I, I don't love the offense for the Panthers. I, I do think they're going to end up bringing in a Baker Mayfield or somebody to helm the team. I don't love Christian McCaffrey if they don't. So be careful. Uh, a Sam Darnold helm team is just not going to score very much, period. But I, I think the Panthers will get that figured out. And, and again, Christian McCaffrey is just such a weapon that even last year, even coming off the injury in those games, he was still putting up 20, 25 fantasy points for the few games he played. Um, he's the man. So, yeah, give me Christian McCaffrey number two overall. Number three, and and we're going to divert a little bit here in our ranking, Shane, but I've got DeAndre Swift as my number three overall running back this season. DeAndre Swift just does it all. I love that they play indoors on the carpet in Detroit. Um, The kid is a prolific pass-catching running back, and he could break one from behind the line of scrimmage. He could break one from anywhere on the field. Yes, Detroit is not a great team. They're a bit of a losing team, but I like my uh, my running backs that catch passes. Um, He's going to be healthy going into the season. I think this is the year that DeAndre Swift becomes a superstar, and I want to get on that a little bit early.
1: I absolutely love. So we're on the Bold Calls Fantasy Football Podcast, and that's a bold call having DeAndre Swift to number three. But here's the thing, right? like it's funny. I, I've been trying start trying to study a lot of these high stakes players and high stakes players throw ADPs out the window. They say, listen, this is my guy. I think DeAndre Swift is going to be the third highest scoring r- running back. And that's how you're going to rank them.
0: ADP. We, we think that ADP, you use ADP. It's a guideline, but that's mm-hmm. the donkey. That's the donkey ranking. If I'm not going off of ADP, I'm not winning Lee. I didn't win all my leagues last year. By assuming that Robert Woods was better than Cooper Cup, like ADP mm-hmm. did. I thought that so was Brandon Ayuk. I didn't win my leagues last year by assuming that Debo Samuel was a worse player than Brandon Ayuk. Go back and watch. We had both of those guys ahead. I have both of those guys on all my teams last season. I don't have I didn't load up on David Montgomery where he was last year and have him lead my team to championships because I believed in ADP. You've got to make bold choices. And DeAndre Swift is one of those plays. Like this is a guy who's six, six receptions. He is live for six receptions a game. I think that Detroit is a slightly better team than they were going into last year as well. So give me swift number three overall.
1: Yeah, man. He was getting six targets a game last year, which is near the top actually tied for the top. So, I mean, it's going to continue. Unfortunately, on Thanksgiving last year, he had the shoulder injury, which kind of derailed the rest of the season. But if you could stay healthy, Jamal Williams, everybody was so worried about Jamal Williams last year. He didn't do squats. Third down's come out of here.
0: Even, uh, you know, you can't really trust Jamal Williams as a premium handcuff because even when Swift didn't play for a few games, they actually didn't feed Jamal Williams the full workload. They actually brought in um, some other dude as whose name I can't even remember right now as well. So I think it was Jermar Jefferson or something like that. So can't rely on Jermar was a rookie last year.
1: He was fine. But...
0: Yeah, he was fine. But like you thought it was going to go to um, Jamal Williams and it didn't. So difficult to handcuff Deandre Swift. Be careful about that. All right. Number four overall. And again, a lot of people ADP has Austin Eckler in this spot. I have actually has him around number three overall, but Once again, I am going a little bit off script here. And my number four running back overall for the 2022 fantasy football season is actually Najee Harris. I love that pick. pick. Najee is the definition of a workhorse running back. I don't mind a running back that's playing with what I believe will be Mitch Trubisky at the quarterback position. I think he'll be competent enough to operate a decent offense, I think actually even Trubisky is probably more threatening of a pass thrower, a deep pass thrower than what Ben Roethlisberger was. I think a lot of Najee's struggles last season was because no one respected the deep ball of Roethlisberger, and you could you could load up and and block and on the box eight men in the in the box every single play. Najee Harris is a gigantic human. People don't know this. He is a 245 pound running back. He is very much the same size running back as Derrick Henry, but he's got speed not harris has a mix of size speed and ability that it's like if you just created the prototype nfl running back that you want for fantasy that's the guy and the team gives him 90 percent of the touches i love it everything about naji looks great this year
1: he's a true workhorse he has very soft hands for all these reports that he's paying playing th- Fifteen pounds over his measured in weight last year. His playing weight was was two forty one last year. So he's three pounds over his playing weight last year. Don't let that worry you. And I like it. It's muscle, I'm for it. You like
0: that. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't look fat like Zeke. Zeke's coming. Zeke's got a big ass belly when he comes in at two forty. <laughs> he Naji looks ripped at two forty. Like this is this is yeah. a whole different situation. Yeah. And
1: and listen, I agree with you. I think Mitch Trubisky, I mean, right now um, we know Kenny Pickett, the rookie was playing with the threes and OTAs. That's fine. The thing I love about the Steelers is it's a true um, and a meritocracy. The best players are going to play on the field. And right now, Mitchell Trubisky, he's a pro. I mean, this is what, fifth year in the league, Um, obviously fifth or sixth year in the league. So obviously he was a backup last year, but you know what? He, he, he learns. He was a backup for Buffalo last year. So he was on that team. He understands the winning culture and then he goes to another winning culture. They're going to be a competent offense. They have Deontay Johnson. They have now two alpha outside wide receivers with the rookie George Pickens and Chase Claypool. Say what you will about Claypool. He still needs to be accounted for. Najee Harris, man, he's going to get those uh passes close to the line of scrimmage. They aren't going to be able to stack the box against him. He's going to do better last year than his average uh, yards per carry. He'll probably get up to four, four and a half, which is reasonable, especially with the volume he's going to get. He's going to absolutely smash. I'm consensus with my RB four, Najee Harris. Love it.
0: Yeah, very. I love it. All right, number five overall. I'm going with Derrick Henry in this spot. I, I, there's not too much to say here. Derrick Henry coming off the injury, I didn't forget about him. He comes back at the end of the season, looks himself um, in the playoffs to look fine. Derrick Henry's a he's a Mauler. He's gonna have games where he puts up, you know, he'll have multiple two touchdown games. This year, the Titans have actually reduced the number of weapons that they have in the passing game to the point where they're going to have to throw uh, Derrick Henry out there a little bit more, and they might even have to throw to Derrick Henry a little bit more than they have in the past. So I'm just going right back to Derrick Henry. I don't, I don't, I don't think that injury last year is enough to assume that now he's this injury-prone guy. It was really his first significant injury of his career, and it was only like a month or so or a six-week injury i think he comes back strong he is getting older i think he's 28 years old this might be our last swan song but i'm taking another ride with g-rock the
1: king baby he's a balla he's a mala he's a shot kala i'm not going to do a geek rap because do i just it's i just don't have the now. skills i just don't have the skills nah, but don't. here you're a little higher on derrick henry than i am admittedly but listen it doesn't matter if teams are going to stack the box against King Henry, he's going to continue to produce no matter what. And if you look at, okay, which running back has the most likely outcome to get in the box 20 plus times rushing the ball is Derek Henry. He's an absolute monster. Um, the team itself for me is taking a step back. Losing AJ Brown to me is a big deal. Traylon Burks. I like Traylon, but this whole asthma situation worries me. I mean, you want to hear glowing remarks for these rookies. I actually you know, think,
0: I think the number one wide receiver on that team is Robert Woods, and, and I love yeah. Robert Woods this year. So, you know, proceed with caution with Traylon Burks. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean,
1: this isn't going to be a trade conversation, but I'll, uh, they're not going to be as potent in offense no. in the passing game as they were last year. Ryan Tannehill kind of showed us what he was. I mean, I think the previous season was kind of a facade. They're going to have to rely on Derrick Henry. That's just the bottom line. And look, they they, took, they brought in Hassan Haskins as kind of a, a breather back. But Henry's going to be, what, 80%, 85% of the touches in the backfield again this year. So I wouldn't worry about Derek, Derek Henry. He's pretty reliable, you, and pretty safe.
0: You did mention Hassan, though, and I like running backs that have a very clear-cut handcuff. And, and I think that's an advantage to me. That's I, I prefer those guys, especially in best ball. When I'm drafting in best ball, it's super critical for me that I, get, I handcuff my running back. Um, best ball is all about continuing to produce from every spot when you can, and especially in a league against your friends or, or a 12-person league—not against your friends, but against a league—and not in a giant tournament. I always want to handcuff my backs. I think the the handcuff for Derrick Henry is fairly obvious, so that actually helps the case of why I'm very comfortable taking him as my number five running back overall. All right, moving on, we've got number six, and this is another very easy to handcuff, if not an expensive handcuff, back, but I'm going with Dalvin Cook as my number six running back this season. You know, one of the things, listen, Dalvin Cook speaks for himself. He's he's actually, up until last year, he had the second lowest bust rate of any running back on a week-over-week basis besides Christian McCaffrey. So it's a very special thing when a running back who's not a prolific pass catcher can achieve a sub 5% bus rate and a bus rate meaning where he delivered a, a disappointing, essentially what is uh, a disappointing enough fantasy production total that essentially busts on your lineup. He almost never did up until last year. He did have a few Mm -hmm. bus games last season, but what I like and what I'm loving hearing is an emphasis on the passing game by the new Vikings coaching staff that I think will lead to cook surpassing his two to three receptions per game averages of the past few years Oh, i've always cook can catch passes just fine they just didn't use the running back position like that in the previous regime if they start throwing to cook a little bit more oh my goodness look out this could be what people were hoping from from christian mccaffrey at, at pick number two he's gonna smash obviously he's gotten hurt late in the season uh in the past few years and i don't see that changing i think he can get banged up but that's why you need his premium super premium handcuff in alexander madison
1: i think it's on the medicine yeah i mean look dalvin cook uh, i don't really have much to add i mean he had almost four targets a game last year so i wouldn't call him a prolific pass catcher but he's a competent pass catcher he catches a ball when he's when he's targeted which is a good thing um one of the reasons that people are reluctant to draft him is because he typically plays 12 13 games a season but i mean again you can't forecast his injuries every running back Every collision, it's like a car crash. There's a there's a chance where these guys are going to get hurt. So, I think at this stage of the draft, you have to be injury agnostic. It's one of the reasons why I decided to move Christian McCaffrey up. For that reason, Dalvin Cook has just as likely a chance to score as the RB one. He is my actual. He's my RB five. So I'm one slot ahead of you. Um, We're both actually ahead of consensus. I mean, he's going around the one two turn right now, which is criminally late.
0: Yeah, I, I just think you you have to throw out the worries about the injuries. And just make sure that you draft Alexander Madison. It's that simple. In in best ball, if you have Dalvin Cook and you don't get Alexander Madison, you're not in a good spot because it could be Cook getting hurt week 13 and then 14, 15. You need the running back spot scoring from. You got to pay a little bit more for Madison than you might for, let's say, like a Khalil Herbert type of backup running back. But Mm. whatever, you're still not paying a premium. He's still cheaper than Tony Pollard. So – fine. And Madison is not usable in weeks where Dalvin Cook plays. That's fine also. I don't need him. I need him in the weeks where Dalvin Cook doesn't play. So just make sure you're cuffing Dalvin Cook and you're going to have a great season with that pick. All right. Number seven overall, I've got Austin Eckler. Now we've talked about some pass catching running backs already and Austin Eckler by consensus actually going a little bit ahead of this. He scored 20 touchdowns last year, but Here's the thing. Austin Eckler specifically requested from the team some relief. He said, hey, go out and get it back so I can go in and do my thing. I think we see a massive touchdown regression. I do not see another 20 touchdowns in the cards for um, Eckler this year. I do see, you know, five, six targets per game. He's going to do his thing. But I, I think that the I think the ADP is a little too high on Austin Eckler this year. And so this is one of those spots where, because his ADP is uh RB three or four, and I've got him really uh, here at RB seven, I won't probably have much exposure to him outside of, you know, dynasties where I already own uh, have him, but I still think Eckler's set up for a great year on a great offensive team. Great year,
1: great offense. We already talked about the chargers in previous podcasts, just about how good they're going to be. And look, I, I buy into the hype. For Austin Eckler, I know he's not going to get 20 touchdowns, but to, to forecast 20 touchdowns for any of these players I think is a little bit ridiculous, to be honest. I mean... I think the carries
0: um, go down. He's going to get 12, yeah. 13 touches per game rather than the 16 to 18 he got last year where they just didn't have good backups.
1: No, I think that's fair. I mean, Isaiah Spiller is a competent backup. I wouldn't call him electric. Um, he looked better in college than his athleticism proved to be at his combine. He didn't really test it at the combine, but at his pro day, excuse me. Um, but yeah, he's a competent back. I think that when it when they get into the red zone and they want to score touchdowns, it's going to be Austin Eckler getting those high caloric touches, as we like to say. So for that reason, I'm still in on Eckler. But listen, like it's it's a conversation. I mean, we're we're talking about very similar tier players at this point. And if you prefer Derrick Henry, if you prefer Dalvin Cook, get get your flavor because none of these guys are really going to bust your team unless there's an injury. But you can say that about any one of these players. Um, i mean, on Eckler. He's my number three running back overall, but. Having him here at seven, it's it's still safe, and he's falling. He's falling in drafts. You can get him where you would take him, Kevin.
0: Like that's the thing. Usually ADP, you know, one of the one of the tough things about doing this is, you know, when you're when you're ahead of the the crowd on a call, what ends up happening, and it's fun. We do fantasy football year round, so you know, if I'm ahead of the crowd in in March, April, May, what ends up happening is by August. Things start to come around a lot of times and 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 level out. It's hard to be much like the just the betting markets. A lot of things, um, you know, that that final line is usually really close to where it should be a lot of time. Although there's still uh, some discrepancies, but it always made sense with Austin Eckler. Just because, as much as I love him, and again, you know, when we talk an underdog, it's a it's a half point PPR format, so that even further mutes um, pass catching versus uh, touchdown scores. I definitely am much less high on Austin Eckler in the underdog half point PPR FanDuel style format a little bit higher on him over on DraftKings where hundred yards, uh, gets you the bonus and, and the receptions really help, but uh, be wary of Austin Eckler as pick number three overall. I like him here, but I like him as my number seven running back moving on number eight. Again, we're, we, everybody's got little flaws here. And this is not a guy that I will personally have a lot of exposure to this year, just because of the way most drafts are going to fall. I'm just not going to have a ton of this, but I've got Joe Mixon as my number eight running back overall. And here's a, here's an interesting factoid Shane. Joe Mixon was part of the nuts. Millie maker winning lineup on DraftKings six times last season. That's insane. By not far. At all for a single player by far. And we talked about these three times. We kept talking about it. It kept happening again and again. But what's interesting about it was there's a reason why he kept hitting that and, and not being super high owned is because in between his 30 plus point explosions were disappointing games. And so I, I went back and asked myself, why are these disappointing games happening? Why is he such an up and down player? versus other running backs that appear to be three down guys. And the answer is because he's not a three down back. The issue with Joe Mixon remains that he cannot pass protect to save his life. He cannot do it. There's a reason why the team brings on Samaje Pirine in those situations because Samaje can pass protect and Joe Mixon simply cannot. And the problem with that is that leads to up and down production. He'll either be winning you a millimaker, maker we kind of only getting seven or eight fantasy points while, the, while his team, you know, is in a shootout that scores a ton of points, but he just wasn't involved because he can't block. Uh, he can't pass protect. So love mixing all the talent in the world, but him coming off the field on obvious uh, passing situations. Don't sit right with me. He'll still have those great. L- Last year, samaji got injured a couple games and he went bananas because they didn't have that guy. But for as long as they're going to be sitting him on passing downs, I can't, Um, You know, I can't have him as a top five or six guy.
1: Yeah, no, I I think that's sharp. Um, I mean, much like you have to sometimes be a little bit, you know, just be aware when when you're playing T Higgins and Jamar Chase, like you're going to have up and down weeks because the Bengals are a smart team where they're adjusting their offense based off the team that they're playing. Um, One of the things I do like about Joe Mixon is he had 13 goal line carries last year, which was near the top of the league. And that's one of the reasons he broke the slate so many times is because when he, when he plays well, man, he breaks the slate. That particular week. So just a massive upside. Um I sick I've never, Millie Maker winners. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I've never really been a Joe Mixon guy. So I've got him right around his ADP and I'm I'm comfortable taking him there. For me, if he falls to me at like pick 2.2, 2.3, perfect value. I'm snatching that up.
0: I think it's also worth mentioning with Mixon that even though he didn't have injury troubles last season, he has had them throughout his career. So you know, buyer beware. We forget after a healthy season that, you know, the four previous seasons to this, he always found a way to get banged up. So, you know, buyer beware a little bit with Joe Mixon for me. All right. My number nine ranked running back for the 2022 fantasy football season is none other than Aaron Jones. And, you know, it's a little bit interesting here even to have Jones in the top 10 or 12 because he is a bit of a committee back. A.J. Dillon's there. Um, they're using both guys, but the lack of pass catching weapons for Aaron Rodgers is really a difference maker for me. In previous seasons, in games where Devontae Adams didn't play, Aaron Jones has literally smashed. He's been an auto-play in DFS. Thank goodness for DFS because it reminds me of the situations that we're we're looking at in season that I think most traditional season-long guys don't notice because you don't have the ability to make an adjustment but uh, it's kind of like the Kelsey Tyreek Hill thing where he just goes off and you know, to play him as a DFS player, this translates to your season long fantasy football team. And you know what? Aaron Jones, he catches passes, not like a, not like a running back who catches a check down, but he can run traditional route running similar to Austin Eckler. Uh, The, the Packers literally have a, uh, a package of plays that involve him at the goal line, catching a pass and running it in. So, um, He's been a prolific touchdown scorer when given the opportunity. Again, is he a 25-touch-a-game guy? Absolutely not. But he's going to be catching probably five or six receptions a game, which is as good as a, a a mauler running probably 10 or 15 rushes. And then you add in the touchdown upside. There, the, the Packers don't have anybody to score with. With Devontae Adams gone, I just think his touchdown numbers are going to be through the roof. I could see... 15 plus touchdowns for Aaron Jones this season. Vote call.
1: No, I think that's fair. I mean, like, uh, to your point, Aaron Jones is he's Aaron Rodgers' number one target on offense, period. Like, Alan Lazard, fine. He never really did much last year. He had moments. Uh, Alan Zard would be great this year because he got no one else to throw to. Yeah, he'll be fine because there's nobody else. But, but Aaron Jones is he, he's he's firmly in that circle of trust, man. Like, he's part of the committee. And, like, because of that, we know Aaron Rodgers is fickle. He's going to trust his guys, and by default, Aaron Jones is going to get a lot of production. A.J. Dillon is good, though. A.J. Dillon is good, and he's going to get touchdowns. But to your point, if, if Aaron Jones is getting five, six receptions every single game, that's going to be massive for fantasy production. So, you know, naturally, you have to bang him a little bit in half-point PPR settings. But for the full PPR, man, who heals up, I would, I would even consider a 1-2 turn. And in a full PPR setting, it's just that's the upside that Aaron Jones presents on a weekly basis.
0: And this is another one where it is a very, very easy and very comfortable handcuff with A.J. Dillon. If you play, if you pick up Aaron Jones in basketball, you must have A.J. Dillon on your team. It's super critical to do this. Um, he's not that expensive from an ADP point of view. And if Jones gets hurt, A.J. Dillon gives you A.J. Dillon plus Jones all in one. So that is a that is a double benefit. I like running backs with a premium premium handcuff. And that's actually a reason why I have him here over a couple other guys that maybe don't have the same level of premium handcuff. I just think he's, he's a safe bet. And as long as you cuff him, you're probably gonna get your 15 touchdowns out of him. Great spot. All right, my 10th, t- number 10 on the 2022 running back list. Ranked 10th overall. I'm going, and this is a tough one because there's a lot of running backs that are just fine here. But I'm going with Saquon Barkley. I love that the Giants got a new coaching staff. They're getting rid of one of the worst coachings. Not the worst. Not the worst. No one's worse than Urban Meyer. No one. But Brian Dable is an actual good head coach, he's a good offensive coordinator. He knows how to play to his team's strengths. He keeps talking up Saquon Barkley. I'm giving him one more chance, one more try. One more try. Saquon to do what we hoped he would do when he was drafted. The guys always hurt his ankles are like little matchsticks with the head you, you try to light the match and the, it breaks off you ever light a match top of that shit. I broke it. That's the worst. His legs, his ankles are like that. They just, you touch anything. If there's a leaf on the field, this guy twists an ankle. Like I stepped on a leaf. Boom. (laughs) It's done. A little scary. A little scary to trust Saquon Barkley. But, man, the upside is huge. He's such a talented guy. I'm going to give him one more chance here. I don't mind taking a shot at RB10. You know, if I get burned, I get burned. But I do think Brian Dayball will find a way to get productivity out of Saquon.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I trust Brian Dayball to get the best out of his players, put them in a position to win. Saquon's got to stay healthy, man. Like that's just the bottom line. And you can say that about this entire freaking giants team. They just have to stay healthy and then maybe they'll have a shot. Maybe they'll have a shot. Um, I have Saquon right around where you do. I have as my RB 11 overall, but listen, you draft him for the upside here. If he, if he busts, I mean, shit, it sucks, but we don't actually, maybe, maybe we still went around the word generational talent too often kevin but when when saquon was being drafted in the real nfl draft he was one of those generational prospects he he, he checked every single box at the running
0: back position that, that's a reminder that that it's it's very hard to evaluate running backs and durability is just as important as talent uh at yeah. times though, talent is important uh there's one guy i was just talking about him um and somebody was crit- critiquing me and they weren't understanding that talent was an issue. Uh, I can't remember who the hell it was, but it was like, uh, Oh, Oh, it's miles Sanders. And you were actually involved in this. I had a a little Twitter argument recently about miles Sanders and well, he wants the ball and it was going to get opportunity. The guys had opportunity. There's been no one else on the team and he's fucked it up. There's a talent problem there, but for the most part at running back talent is only this much opportunity. is huge health and durability is the ultimate And Saquon has definitely not shown health and durability. Um, You're going to be nervous every single week that he's going to get hurt. Like, you're just nervous. But I think, you know, if he could put one together this year, the reason he makes the top uh, 10 is because his upside is top five, top four. Like, he can outplay his ADP as long as he could stay healthy. I can say that all about a lot of these running backs. And I do have to say, I just want to kind of bloviate about the entirety of the running back position this season. This is the deepest running back class we've seen in years in fantasy football, multiple years. The the 11 through 22 group all look really good. And this is why, coming back to a point I made at the beginning of this breakdown, Shane, where I said, hey, if you want to take Cooper Cup, number one overall, you have my permission. Here's why. Because I like the guys who you can get between 11 and 24. So if I missed a top 12 guy, I don't mind because I like the running backs a lot more than the wide receivers when you get to the point where the 11 through 24 group are going. So don't worry about needing any of these top 10 running backs because 11 through 24. Still really, really good. Of course, you can get my rankings, Shane's rankings, everything over at DFS Army under season-long fantasy football. We break it down all year round. If you like this video, we'll be back. Uh, I don't know which one you're watching in order, but we've got our QB rankings out, RB rankings. We're coming with wide receiver and tight end in the next week or so. Today is July 1st, so you know you get the idea of when that is. Make sure you subscribe and hit the notification button on the channel. Subscribing is so important for us. We're building up a new fantasy football channel over at the FS Army specific to fantasy football. So please hit the subscribe button. Do us a solid. Like the video if you like it. If you don't like it, you don't have to dislike it. Just say no. Write a comment. Who did we forget somebody in the top 10 that you think belongs here? Are we way off in our rankings? Pop a comment in the comment section below. Let us know. And for Flex Shane, for myself, top 10 fantasy football rankings. We'll see you guys next time. Deuces.